0: The European Society for Medical Oncology Annual Meeting 2022 took place on the 9th to 13th September in Paris, France. We had loads of great updates and discussion during the meeting and spoke to some of the presenters on the biggest trials. In this podcast, we're going through some of the highlights from our interviews with leading experts in colorectal cancer. First, we hear from Dr. Satora Bianchi from ASST, Great Naguada Metropolitan Hospital on overcoming acquired resistance to targeted therapy in colorectal cancer.
1: We had a um, very interesting symposium today at ESMO. I presented data about targeting the uncommon alterations, and uh, here we are referring to those alterations that have a prevalence that below 3%. So In this range there there are emerging targets, Uh, certainly HER2 amplification is an important target in colorectal cancer. We have many therapeutics uh, now uh, evolving in this area, and also uh, KRASG12C mutations. Now we have uh, combinatorial targeting that is proven to be effective, and uh, also uh, we have uh, more uncommon alterations such as um, uh, NTRK, ALK, or RET gene fusions that are prevalent in the range of 0.3%, one and for this patient we need correct diagnosis in order to detect mutation, detect uh, fusions and uh, give give treatment to these patients.
0: Next up we hear from Dr. Cremolini from the University of Pisa on the influence of sidedness on prognosis and treatment of metastatic colorectal cancer. So,
2: is a trial addressing the issue of whether intensifying the upfront chemotherapy backbone makes sense when we combine chemotherapy with an anti GFR targeted agent in a properly selected molecularly selected population. I mean, uh, the standard of care for this patient, or at least one potential option, is the combination of a doublet of chemotherapy plus an anti GFR agent. Uh, When we use Bevacizumab, which is not really a targeted agent, then intensifying the upfront chemotherapy backbone makes sense. Is this the same when we use a targeted agent in a target population? So the triplet study was conducted in Italy, and uh, 57 uh, Italian oncology units uh, took part to this project. And the answer, unfortunately, is no. I mean, intensifying the chemotherapy, moving from the doublet to the triplet, does not increase the objective response rate, which was actually the primary endpoint of this study. with uh, RAS and BRAF wild-type metastatic colorectal cancer when compared with the standard doublet plus panitumumab. Overall, I think that the take-home message from this trial is that when we use a properly targeted agent in a population that is molecularly selected and also clinically selected because the 88% of these patients had a left-sided primary tumor, then there is no need to push towards a more aggressive and more intensified upfront chemotherapy backbone.
0: We also hear from Dr. Fang from Zhejiang University discussing EpCAM-targeted CAR T-cell therapy for advanced colorectal cancer.
3: Uh, you know, in myself, uh these days are uh, mainly focus uh, about uh, so-called PD-1 or PDL-1 therapy. But uh, CAR T-cell therapy is uh, uh, most uh, mo- most of all fashion. And uh, uh, we also that uh, in hemological disease, we have a uh, very exciting efficacy, but in solid tumor, it's just uh, struggling for uh, extra efficacy or uh, some safety profile. So you men- mentioned that uh, uh, our uh, presentation is about uh, our HPCAM uh, target. Uh, so uh, just uh, uh, as your first question for uh, why uh, we select uh, can as our target, uh, you know, it becomes so-called epithelial uh, cell adhesion molecule, uh, so-called if you can, And uh, uh, we also can uh, say it uh, is CD326. Uh, it's, uh, it's a transmembrane glycoprotein. Uh, so if you can is familiar to, uh, to, to us. And uh, uh, why we select it uh, to our target to our first in human uh, cell therapy? Because you you know that uh, it is expression, uh, although it's also expression in normal uh, normal tissue. Uh, for for example, uh, we saw that uh, gastrointestinal and the biliary, biliary uh, duct and also thyroid. Cy- but uh, we we also uh, know that it's uh, low expression, and uh, you know that just as I have mentioned uh, mentioned in my. Uh, Oromineralo olum, uh, because uh, the expression is lower in normal cell and uh, it, it's uh, lying in the basal side of the APC cell. So uh, in in normal uh, situation, uh, the the immune cell cannot uh, uh, contact the uh, the molecule directly. So uh, on the control, uh, we 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 saw that in the uh, colorectal on the on the gut gut. Gastric or pancreatic, on ovary uh, and the breast, the uh, the, uh, the the cancer of that tissue uh, will higher express the EPICAM molecule. Uh, so we we can uh, select this this uh, target as our promising target, and uh, you know also uh, EPICAM can act as a signal uh, transmitter uh, to uh, activate so-called. WNT signal pathway. We all know that the WNT pathway is tightly related to the uh, tumor, tumorosis and uh, the the progression of the tumor. So we think that uh, our selection may be a promising uh, tumor uh, TAA. So we uh, can use this target as our uh, CAR T uh, selection. So we uh, think maybe may, maybe the this is the first in human trial this first in human cell product uh, will be uh will be a good section for for us and um, of course we we will do more trial uh in human to uh, clarify uh if whether it is a true and a, a very good uh, target uh, for the human cancer therapy.
0: And now, we have Dr. Cohen from the University of Washington talking on the real-world monitoring of ctDNA in patients with resected stage 1 to 3 colorectal cancer, which we reliably predicted cancer reoccurrence.
4: HER2 amplification overexpression is seen in approximately 3% of patients with uh, metastatic colorectal cancer and up to 10% of patients with RAS and BRAF wild-type metastatic colorectal cancer. And then we know after progression on Uh, two lines of therapy, that the clinical benefit from the current standard of care is modest. So the Mountaineer trial was designed to evaluate the efficacy and safety of decatinib, which is an oral, highly selective anti-HER2 tyrosine kinase inhibitor together with trastuzumab. And this was initially launched as an investigator-sponsored trial at eight U.S. sites, we presented the results of the initial cohort of 26 patients at Barcelona and ESMO in 2019. And based on those favorable results, the decision was made to expand the study further. So the initial patients were enrolled to cohort A, which was the combination of tecatinib and trastuzumab. Then with the expansion, there was a randomization to either the combination of tecatinib and trastuzumab or tecatinib alone. So what we were trying to understand with that is the impact of adding trastuzumab on top of ticatinib as well. In terms of the results that we showed, um, we found that the regimen is highly active. So by blinded independent central review, there was a confirmed objective response rate of 38%, 43% by investigator assessment. Additionally, we found robust progression-free survival uh, as well as overall survival as well. So overall, the findings uh, have shown the strong clinical activity of this regimen, but also what we were uh, pleased to see from this study is that the regimen was overall very well, well tolerated as well. There were very few grade three or greater adverse events, and most of the adverse events were manageable, either with uh, treat, treatment uh, dose modification or, um, or dose holds. And there were no treatment related deaths. So, overall, a very well tolerated regimen and something that could eventually be a, a new standard of care for patients with HER2 positive metastatic colorectal cancer.
0: Next, we have Professor Stintzing from Charite University Hospital discussing the results of the Phase 2 FIRE 6 trial, which evaluated Avalumab added to Flutauri plus Cetuximab followed by Avalumab maintenance in patients with previously untreated RAS wild-type colorectal cancer.
5: The FIRE 6 trial basically was a single-arm Phase 2 trial investigating Flutauri plus Cetuximab. Uh, followed by Folfiri plus cetuximab in combination with avilumab, a PDL1 inhibitor, and then after another four cycles, this was switched to avilumab PDL1 inhibitor maintenance treatment. And the rationale was basically as cetuximab, being an IgG1 antibody, is um, is doing some ADCC, so antibody-derived cytotoxicity, is it possible to actually boost this antibody-derived cytotoxicity by adding a pd one inhibitor? So uh, a total of 60 patients were treated within this trial and the ATP population, the according to protocol population, consisted of 53 patients. So after an induction treatment of four cycles or two months, of Fulfuri so map in RAS wild type uh, patients. avilumab was added for another four cycles and then the maintenance was measured. And with a PFS of just six months, it became clear that the maintenance of this avilumab is not successful in this setting. So basically it's a negative trial. We were aiming uh, towards a PFS of eight to 13, almost 13 months. We got a PFS of just six months, um, so that's not the way we should go. The overall survival with a follow-up time of 12.7 months is still too short to really make any kind of conclusions out of it.
0: And finally we have Dr. Landi from Agostino Gemelli University Polyclinic providing an overview of the phase 3 ERMI study which assess first line, full theory, and cetuximab with or without additional cetuximab in patients with RAS and BRAF wild type metastatic colorectal cancer.
6: I present the Armist study. Armist is a phase three randomized trial with um, investigating the role of the maintenance with cetuximab alone after induction with three plus cetuximab in uh, RAS and BRAF wild type metastatic colorectal cancer patients. The Armist trial uh, had two primary endpoints. The first one was the non-inferiority in terms of the median progression-free survival of arm B, the experimental arm with maintenance therapy with cetuximab. Versus the ARM A, the standard therapy with fulfill placetoxia anti-disease progression. And the second comparison point was um uh, super better safety in terms of uh, the lower incidence of grade three or four adverse events. So the Hermes trial uh, did did not meet uh, the primary endpoint, but we can put some f- interesting results in our clinical practice, uh, such as um, in the Hermes trial, uh, the experimental arm achieves. Um, Good performance in terms of median progression-free survival with 10 months in median progression-free survival, and at the same time, the, the experimental arm achieved a better profile than the standard treatment with a lower incidence of grade three or four adverse events. Uh, the over response rate was um, was similar between the two arms, and at the same time, we observe an increasing in median overall survival for the experimental arm versus the standard arm. The experimental arm in fact achieves a, a median survival of over 30 months. So is uh, so interesting um, because these results were, consist- were consistent with other phase 3 trials with more intensive treatment.
0: Thank you for listening. If you have found this podcast insightful please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at VJ Oncology to join in the conversation and check out vjoncology.com for all of our exclusive coverage on data presented at ESMO 2022.